2: ah well uh, how do you do fine people lovely of you to join me for another edition hope you've all been keeping well and safe and warm it's a refined state of affairs here this time i'll be waltzing you around a very special cinematic pairing one that brought joy to the weary post-war hearts of Britain, and which today provides us with a rare glimpse of escapism and nostalgia. More on that later. First though, let's put a spring in that step. Something a bit different for you today to kick us off musically, it's Deep Purple. No lie. When the
3: deep purple falls over sleepy garden walls, and begin to flicker of the night Once again I hold you tight Though you're gone Your love lives on When moonlight Beals And as long As my heart Will beat Love
2: Barry Clinton and B. Wayne there with Deep Purple. Oh, hey. How's about a trip to a very familiar place? Maybe you have a question. Well, throw it into the question pot. Strangely, there is no next line. Well, maybe I'll read your question. Out on the show or maybe not. Now, here's someone with a handbell. Yes, let's take a paddle in the murky depths of the question pod. Been a while. Good heavens, I'm knee-deep here. But let's dunk the old net and see what we come up with. A missive from Adam Hare finds my hook and it reads, I'm sorry if this has been asked before, but Scarlet Street or Woman in the Window? Most people seem to favor Scarlet Street, possibly because the ending feels more true. What are your thoughts? Oh, Adam. Cool name, by the way. I have no shame. I am a woman in the window. Man that film is straight up brilliance and yes i know the end is seen by many as a cop out but as an exercise in suspense i think it's kind of flawless i remember the vhs edition i brought many moons ago and wearing it out because i adored it so yeah the woman in the window for me is one of the great thrillers so adam cool name by the way the woman in the window for me and have one of these another mail here from annie mount lovely to make your acquaintance annie annie writes i love a movie with a good flashback especially if it comes with the wavy dreamy effect thing that makes the screen wobble in your opinion which old hollywood movie contains the best flashback love you annie annie love you too and thanks for writing you know film noir always has the best flashbacks out of the past instantly springs to mind although i have to say when i think of flashbacks one movie stands alone not just flashbacks but flashbacks within flashbacks within flashbacks 1946 is the locket absolutely brilliant if you haven't seen it is one of the most intricate most gripping twistiest little nightmares you'll ever see thanks for the question annie and have one of these for your mantelpiece i don't
4: know who you are i don't know what you want if you are looking for a ransom, I can tell you I don't have money. But what I do have are a very particular set of Tent and berries tent and I have acquired over a very long career. Tent and That make me a nightmare for people like you. If you let my daughter go now, that'll be the end of it. I will not look for you, I will not pursue you. But if you don't,
2: I will look for you. I will find you. And I will tend to bury you. And remember, if you have a question, then go right on over to attaboyclarence.com, scroll down the homepage, and fling the blighter straight into the question pot. I thank you. So throw your flipping questions into the shiny question pot. You might hear your question next time. So until then, get your thinky cap on. For the question pot. Okay, that's the end. Now we're off to the What's My Line studio for another guessing game, and this is a very special one. Not going to give you any clues here. Just wait till you hear how this mystery guest answers the questions. Okay, prick up your ears. Not that it'll help. Sharpen your wits and see if you can tell who the hell is that Hollywood legend. In
5: the case of our mystery challenger, we get right down to the general questioning, which we will begin with. Um Sam Levinson.
6: Well, everybody knows you. That's nice. <clears throat> I wish I could say the same. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll start with the broad air of entertainment. Are you in the entertainment industry?
7: <laughs> that means yes.
6: <laughs> I just thought somebody stepped on your corn, John. <laughs> Oh, my goodness Well, you are in the entertainment industry That means yes (laughs) My goodness I hope this is human (laughs) (laughs) Sam, maybe
1: it's Lena Horde. It may be (laughs) Uh,
6: uh, I just guess that you sound more like a woman Than a man from that sound Are you a woman? (laughs) (laughs) My goodness My wife never sounds like that you're in the, are you uh, connected with uh, television, ma'am? <laughs> that means yes? that's <laughs> yup. Yep. I heard it. <laughs> you are connected with television. <laughs> Do you have a program that bears your own name?
5: One down and nine to go, Miss Furness.
8: Does your television work come from the other coast? You will help me, John. That was a yes? That was
2: a yes.
8: (laughs) Are you on regularly on television? Do you appear on an evening show? Do you play a part as distinguished from appearing as yourself? (laughs)
6: New Year's Eve again.
8: (laughs) Have Have you also worked in the motion picture business? Are you still working in the motion picture business
5: That's two down to go, Mr. Sir oh my God.
4: Uh, Would you be broadly defined as a comedian? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
7: the most
6: expressive laryngitis I must say
4: Has the program that you star in been running for quite a long time? <laughs> Are you a blonde on this program? Do <laughs> <laughs> you, by any chance, play the part of a secretary in a business establishment?
6: <laughs> Three dollars. To go. I'm not of I you out it, Bennett.
0: I Could I have a conference
8: with Bennett to find out who he meant? No,
4: yeah,
8: you,
6: mean, you can
7: have
4: Bennett, ten seconds uh, for a Private secretary. Girl. Oh, oh, okay.
8: Um, but you are a blonde. <laughs> have you ever appeared on the Broadway stage? Were you in a musical comedy?
0: Was it uh, before 1945?
2: Are you- we'll leave it there. Any clue? Do you recognize the horn? <laughs> I'm getting that won't help you in the slightest. Well, the answer is coming up later in the show, but for now, roll the clues around in your mind while I add a little Benny Goodman to your thoughts. We
9: meet and the angels sing angels sing the sweetest song I ever heard. You speak, and the angels sing can see water and moonlight beaming Silver waves that break on some undiscovered shore Then suddenly I see it all change Long winter nights with the candles gleaming Through it all your face that I adore You smile
2: that was Benny Goodman and Martha Tilton with And the Angels Sing Now everyone loves a movie partnership and Hollywood produced some of the finest Blondell and Cagney Powell and Loy Hope and Crosby Laurel and Hardy Karloff and Experiments The list goes on but Britain produced its fair share of screen dream teams too and none were more of a hit with audiences than Anna Neagle and Michael Wilding. From 1946, their screen adventures together cast a magical spell over an exhausted variety. The films were romantic, poignant, dazzling escapism at its finest. And today, I'd like to tell you about two of their most remarkable. First up, did 1948 provide their finest hour? certainly it was at the box office 1948's spring in park lane now many of you may not have heard of this film neagle fans are hopping up and down right now yes calm down but not everyone knows yes spring in park lane from 1948 a lighter than air confection about a well-to-do girl being romanced by her footman who is in fact a lord hiding out from his family box office hit you say not just a hit, a gargantuan, colossal, extraordinary success at cinemas upon its release. How successful? Well, in terms of attendance, it sold more tickets than any other British-made film ever. To this day, at British cinemas, Spring in Park Lane is the most attended British-made film in history. Almost 21 million Britons flocked to picture houses to see it when it was released. To put that into some sort of context for you, the population of Britain in 1948 was 49 million, so almost half the country went to see this thing. Avengers Endgame, which came out in 2019, took £88 million pounds at the UK box office. If you took all the people who'd gone to see Spring and Park Lane and made them see Avengers Endgame, then it would have taken £158 million, pounds, which is almost double. So my point here is that the uk has never since seen so many of its citizens turn out for a british made film in the all-time charts for cinema admissions here in the uk it still to this day sits at number five behind gone with the wind the sound of music snow white and the seven dwarfs and star wars more people saw this film than saw titanic in the uk one of the most successful british movies of all time. We're in the very grand home of Joshua Howard, an art collector, and his socialite niece, Judy, played by Anna Neagle. Judy is positively surrounded by suitors, but she's never quite found Mr. Wright. That is, until her new footman begins to make eyes at her. He's the dashing Richard, played by Michael Wilding, a gentleman and fountain of knowledge when it comes to etiquette and social know how. Kind of useless as a footman, though.
8: Uh, Did the butler let you in?
2: Well, he sort of got me in.
8: Will you tell me who you're waiting to see? Anyone
10: who pops up, really?
8: Is there there anything I can do?
10: Not a thing. How about you? A spot of sherry? No, thank you. Very wise. Sherry before 11 and chaos after lunch. Do
8: you mind telling me what
10: it is you want? Well, need we go into that? It's uh, a bit sordid.
8: Really? Well, I'd still like to know uh, if I'm not being too inquisitive.
10: Oh, of course i know. Well, should we say um, a fiver a week and every other Thursday? What? Too much? Will you make a bid?
8: You're, you're sure that this is the house you meant to come to?
10: Well, I didn't really mean to. I'd say it's more fate. The lion's raw and bingo.
8: Will you excuse me a moment?
10: Anything I can
8: do oh, no, no, stay just where you are.
10: Well, you won't pass this way again, won't you? Oh, yes,
8: yes. Oh, yeah. Perkins, there's a raving madman there. He says that you let him in. Will you please let him out again?
4: Oh, well, that isn't a madman, Miss Judy. That's Richard. He's applied for the post of footman here. Footman? <laughs>
2: Through the course of the story, we discover that Richard is, in fact, Lord Brent, who's taken a job as footman in order to hide out from his family. But why? And if his secret is revealed, what effect will it have upon not just his blossoming love affair with Miss Judy, but also upon his job as footman?
8: I have some things I want to say to you.
10: Before we go any further, Miss, may I say at once how very sorry I am about what occurred last night. I don't know what came over me. I hope you weren't very angry. I was. Oh. Does that mean I must expect my notice, miss? Would you mind? Very much, miss.
8: There are other places. Yes,
10: miss, but I've been very happy here. I'd be very sorry to leave.
8: Well, you won't have to leave on my account, Richard. I, I feel that I was as much to blame as you were.
10: Well, that's very generous of you, miss. Don't you? Well, yes. <laughs> There's nothing to say, miss. I
8: I don't quite know what came over me, either.
10: It is very confusing, miss, isn't it?
8: I think that the, the best thing we can do is just to forget that it ever took place.
10: Yes, miss. Forget it? Absolutely.
8: Yes, absolutely.
10: A closed incident?
8: A closed incident.
10: Hmm. May I add, very respectfully, miss,
2: that'll be a bit of a job. Will it? Yes, miss.
8: Nevertheless, you you must
10: blot it out. Very well, miss, it is now blotted out.
2: When it comes to plot, you might wonder why this film was such a colossal hit. Certainly it follows a very strict formula, and very rarely veers off course to take any risks. However, what it does possess is absolute bucketfuls of charm elegance and beauty. I mean even spending time as an observer in the glorious house itself is a treat for the eyes and that's to say nothing of the enchanting romance between the lady of the house and Richard the footman. We also get a spellbinding dance number halfway through the movie. Richard is dreaming about his first kiss with Judy and we enter a slow motion world inside his mind where he whirls her around her bedroom. When I first watched it, I thought it was just Wilding and Neagle dancing very slowly, but as it goes on, you realise that it's been shot this way and slowed down. Now, Neagle and Wilding are no Fred and Ginger, but this number is absolutely beautiful. Watching them just glide around like a pair of pirouetting swans in slow motion is one of the most hypnotic things I've ever seen. It's true screen magic down the cast what a genius stroke to cast tom walls very respected stage star as judy's art collector uncle his character is so delightful especially towards the end of the film when he starts to piece things together peter graves too as the so full of himself actor basil maitland is absolutely hilarious i can see why audiences adored it so much it's escapism at its finest it'll have you swooning and laughing in equal measure and while it is essentially just a my man godfrey story set inside an english house it's absolutely dazzling to look at the characters are charming and you come away from the thing feeling as though your heart has been tickled with feathers spring in park lane then watching it will turn any rainy day into a spring morning Streets away, literally, to our next movie from Park Lane to Piccadilly, as we join Neagle and Wilding again in Piccadilly Incident. This film is sometimes known as They Met at Midnight, which is equally as opaque when it comes to describing the actual plot of this film. This was Neagle and Wilding's first movie together. And my first thought upon entering was to assume that it was another frothy little confection that would make my heart giddy. Well, it made my heart giddy, all right, but in an entirely different way. We're squarely and dramatic mode here neagle was hot off the back of 1945's i live in grosvenor square and her husband and producer herbert wilcox wanted to re-team her with rex harrison from that movie however rex was kind of a big deal in hollywood by then and so wilcox had to find someone new he tried john mills but he passed on the role So he took a chance on Michael Wilding after a suggestion was made, and after seeing Wilding and his wife playing the first scene, he was so sure that they were a fabulous team that he instantly placed Wilding under contract, and so was born one of the finest duos in classic British cinema. Now, as I say, the tone here is very different from the films for which they're known best.
4: This case is unusual, but unfortunately not unique. And no legal machinery exists to meet the circumstances of this and many similar cases arising out of the war period. Until this legal defect is remedied, and provision made to meet such cases, the innocent will continue to suffer the embarrassment of social stigma and even ostracism. As you have heard, this case started in 1941, during the height of the Blitz. It was one of the casual things that go with that period. An incident in Piccadilly, a chance meeting of a man and a girl.
2: During a bombing raid in World War II, two strangers meet. They are Diana Fraser, a wren on her way back to barracks, and Captain Pearson, an intelligence officer. Taking refuge in Pearson's flat, the two wait out the raid and gently get to know each other as the bombs rain down outside. The inevitable happens, of course, and these two lonely souls fall swiftly in love. It's
8: 72 hours.
10: Can do a lot in 72 hours, if you plan it right. You must
8: plan for me, darling. Things are moving so fast, my brain just doesn't seem to function.
10: Right. Well, first, we have a cigarette. Who's, um, who's your next of kin? Well, I have
8: an old aunt. somewhere up in Scotland that I haven't seen her for years.
10: And you haven't got to ask anyone's permission to do anything you might want to do. No, why? You see that? What is it? That is a special license. With this, you can get married more or less whenever you want to.
8: What are you doing?
10: Oh, I always carry one around. They come in handy at times. Five got. Uh, well, anyway, will you
8: Darling,
10: I- Look, I know this is all very quick and hurried, but our, our falling in love was a bit of a rush job too, wasn't it? And now they're trying to rush you away again. Let's beat them to it, darling. Let's get married tomorrow. Let's have one solid thing in this rush world of theirs, something that will last forever and ever and still be as gay and exciting as it is now. Will you, Diana? I take a deep breath, count up to ten, and answer the only question that matters a damn. Do you love me? Now, count ten before you answer.
8: I don't have to count, darling. I adore you.
10: Well, that's my plan. Do you like
8: it? I like it very much.
2: The war is as cruel as ever when it comes to fate, though, and as soon as they're married, so too are they torn apart. Alan is sent to North Africa, and Diana is sent to Singapore after much time apart both are on their way home to be reunited when diana's ship is sunk by a submarine she and several others are shipwrecked on an island and there they remain for two years until they're finally rescued but when diana returns home she finds that her husband having been assured that she died has remarried
8: lady asking for the major oh all right susan Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Major Pearson's not here just now. He's with his unit. Can I help you at all? If you could, just tell me where I can get in touch with him. Come in, won't you? Thank you. It's written down here someplace. One of those terribly long addresses, and I never can remember it. <laughs> yes, I know the kind. I expect you've had them yourself. Yes. Please sit down. Thank you. There are some cigarettes there. It's embarrassing for a wife to confess she isn't quite sure where her husband is, but... why? Yes. Where Is it? But he married. Oh, perhaps you didn't know. His first wife was drowned about the time Singapore fell. They were torpedoed when they were being evacuated. It was all very sad. The shock nearly drove Alan insane.
2: Yes, we are squarely in that most fascinating of tropes the lost spouse who comes home hoping that the world hasn't moved on, but finding that everything has changed. Too Many Husbands with Jean Arthur from 1940, My Favourite Wife with Cary Grant and Irene Dunn, The Years Between from 1946 with Valerie Hobson, even Cast Away from 2000 with Tom Hanks. They all tell the tale of lost loves coming home to find their place in the marital bed being has been taken by someone else. In actual fact, I explore this at some length in the new Secret History of Hollywood episode Carrie Part 3, coming soon, shameless plug. But anyway, that's the deal here now this is a very handsomely made film in its own way it's equally as grand in design as spring in park lane you really do feel as though you're out on the streets with the pair as they dart to the darkened doorways and the love story that grows between them is kind of wonderful it has a very slow pace to it which might be jarring it's very well acted and that sense of doomed resignation that many war romances do so well is definitely present here however when you're an hour into a 100-minute movie and the main dilemma of the film is still waiting to happen, I think you kind of have a pacing issue. That said, The Love Affair is lovely to watch. I just think that perhaps it could have been trimmed a bit because when the whole lost spouse diversion happens, it's almost disorientating. We've been watching this quiet, very intimate relationship growing and then suddenly Anna Neagle is sat around a campfire wearing Tarzan cast-offs. But when it picks back up for the final act, I have to tell you, the emotional wallop is really something. The moment in which Wilding discovers that Neagle is alive took my breath away. And the conclusion to the film, too, is very different from any resolution you might have seen for one of these stories before. It's gut punch after gut punch, quite raw emotionally, so be warned, have your hanky close by. They're supported by a wonderful cast, who you have the great Edward Rigby, perennially a butler, A.E. Matthews, as Wilding's father in the film, is superb. Michael Medwin pops in as a radio operator. And we even get a fleeting glance at a very young Roger Moore, 19 years old at the time and playing a guest at a party. I think it's rather wonderful to see this in contrast to Spring in Park Lane as it demonstrates how versatile they were as a screen team. In this they really do jerk on the old tear ducks, and yet in Spring in Park Lane they're gliding around inside a dream what a team they were and if the material is slightly padded here it's still always a delight to see anna neagle and michael wilding on screen in any capacity that's piccadilly incident or they met at midnight from 1946 couldn't be more different to spring in Park lane but kind of great because it is Anna Neagle and Michael Wilding made several adaptations of their films for British radio, including an Easter presentation of Spring in Park Lane. Unfortunately for us, though, none have survived. I was going to play a fleeting appearance she made on a variety show, but it's kind of blink and you'll miss it, I won't do that. However, one of the films I mentioned earlier, Too Many Husbands, all about a wife who loses her first husband and so marries again, only for husband number one to turn up, Well, that was adapted for radio by the Screen Guild Theatre, who cast Lucille Ball, Bob Hope, and Frank Sinatra in the thing. So while we don't get Neagle and Wilding this time, we certainly get a good deal of sunshine from that cast. Off we go then to the Screen Guild Theatre and Too Many Husbands.
5: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight, Lady Esther presents the Screen Guild Players and Somerset Moms hilarious comedy about a shipwreck, a courtship, and an extra wedding Too Many Husbands. It stars Bob Hope as husband number one, Frank Sinatra as husband number two, and Lucille Ball as the long suffering wife. The Lady Esther Screen Guild Players and Too Many Husbands. <laughs> ago, Bill Cardew took a solo cruise in a ramshackle boat and disappeared from the face of the earth. His widow, Vicky, married Henry Lowndes, Bill's partner in the candy manufacturing business. This evening, Vicky picked Henry up at the office, and they are just returning home after dinner and a show. Peter, the butler, meets them at the door.
4: Uh, good evening, madam. Good evening, sir.
0: Good evening, Peter.
11: Hiya, Pete. Got a fire going uh, for yes, us? Yes, sir. Atta boy. Now you can trot along and throw yourself into the hay. Uh,
4: very good, sir. Uh, say, you still reading that mystery, The Case of the Marinated Corpse? I completed it this evening, sir. He did, huh? Who knocked off the victim? The butler, sir. Oh, well, I'll come up later, Pete, and lock you in. Uh, very good, sir. Oh, I beg your pardon, madam. Yes, Pete? I neglected to mention that a gentleman called while you were gone and left this message. I took it down verbatim.
11: Oh, you're getting sloppy, Pete. Next time, take it down word for word.
4: <laughs> very good, sir.
0: Thank you, Peter. That will be all. Now, what gentleman could be calling me...
11: Oh, you must have met one once Read the message
0: (laughs) Just got in on a tramp steamer We'll be there as soon as the Department of Health Scrapes off my barnacles (laughs) Bill Now, who could that be? (gasps) Bill! No, it can't be He's dead
11: (laughs) Of course he's dead It must be a joke
0: Oh, Henry, it can't be a joke He must have been rescued somehow
11: Well, so what? Who cares?
0: Don't you realize that he thinks I'm still his wife Not your wife?
11: That's peachy looks like you started getting married and forgot to say when
4: oh you will have to break the news to him henry pardon me madam but the gentleman who called is here he says uh, one side james vicky come to papa
7: oh well well kiss
11: me baby <laughs> now well, now another one
7: <laughs>
11: one of those was in the script
7: <laughs> oh
0: bill are you really alive still
11: some doubt about it okay let's take it again <laughs> Another one, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shame it's only a half-hour show.
7: <laughs> uh, ahem, ahem.
11: Cuddle up close, Vicky. Ah, that's wonderful. Let's just stay like this until Take It or Leave It comes on the air.
0: Oh, but that's next Sunday, Bill.
11: Well, what's a good Saturday show? <laughs> uh, ahem. If there's an echo in here, it's got an awfully sore throat. <laughs>
0: That's Henry, Bill. Say hello to Henry.
11: Hi, Henry. Say, keep cuddling, kid. Gosh, it's good to be back.
0: Oh, Bill, I still can't believe it. How did you get back? What happened? Oh,
11: really nothing to it. My boat just sank in the middle of the ocean. I wise Muellered to the desert island. (laughs) Yes, I just wise mule right through there. (laughs) That was me. And for almost a year, all I ate was fish. Nothing but fish.
0: Did you have a man Friday?
11: No, on Friday, more fish. Oh, I'm not in such bad shape. Look at these muscles. Know how I got them? How? Well, the only thing left to my boat was 10 of chain in the anchor. I used it for a yo-yo. You want to look at my muscles, Henry? No, thanks. The doctor told me to avoid excitement. <laughs> I see. Incidentally, Hank, man... <laughs> Hank, oh man... <laughs> yes? <laughs> Isn't it a little past your bedtime? Your Ovaltine must be boiling by now. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. I guess I could manage to stay up a little while longer. Oh, don't force anything, kid. Hello, Bill. Tell us some more about your experiences. Your message said that you got picked up by a steamer. Tramp. (laughs) That's tramp steamer and cut it out. Well, see you tomorrow, huh, Hank? Come on. Come on, Vicky, honey.
0: Uh, Bill, I think Henry has something to tell you.
11: More? This kid's getting to be quite a chatterbox. Okay. Okay, son, tell me, but remember, we're on the air. Uh, hardly know where to begin. Well, I'll bet it's something about business, huh? Oh, sure, sure, that's it. Remember our best-selling candy? You bet. The all-day delight? That's right. The sucker that improves your pucker. <laughs> and do you remember Peanut Rapture, the bar with glamour and every goober? Yeah. Well?
7: <laughs> well, sir,
11: there used to be 11 and a half peanuts in every bar, and I've cut it down to 10 and a half. No! Yes, and I've got the slogan, Watch for the day the 7th of May. Oh, great work, Hank, and good night.
0: Bill, Henry has something really important to tell you, and he'd better tell you now. And
11: it better be important. Come on, let's hear about it. Well, uh, I'm married, Bill. No fooling. Who's the screwy bride? No, wait, don't tell me
0: <laughs> Don't
11: tell me, let me guess. Myrtle? No, you see... It... Agnes, Bertha, Carolyn, Daisy, Elma, Frances, Gracie, Hildegard, Imogene?
0: Was Henry acquainted with all those girls? Are
11: you kidding? Dorothy Dix used to write to him.
0: Oh uh, wait. <laughs> I can't
11: get over it, Hank. Gosh, some of these days you might even become a father.
0: So, that's the kind of a man I married, a wolf.
11: Yeah, he's the biggest... What? Who married? Bill, old man. I've got something important to tell you Oh, so that's it You've been hanging around here like a salami in a delicatessen Because you live here, huh? You're her husband Well, I'm the nice one yeah. <laughs> I can't believe this, Vicki Did you really marry him Or did you just miss a question on truth or consequences? <laughs>
0: well, but I thought you were dead, Bill And I was lonely
11: Lonely? Why didn't you join the Elks or something?
0: <laughs> can't you understand? I loved you so much That when they told me you were dead I, I went all to pieces and married Henry
11: <laughs> Thanks for the fanfare, kid
0: Well, I didn't mean it that way, Henry You've been wonderful to me Oh, I understand, Vicky. I'm out of your life, forgotten You've found
11: happiness And I'm just a gopher in the garden of love All right, I'll go
0: Oh, please, Bill We don't feel that way about you at all, do we, Henry?
11: Oh, I don't know now I think he's got hold of something there Now, <laughs> uh, well, you've got one too many husbands You'll just have to trade one of us in to madman munts. <laughs> Make up your mind, Vicky.
0: Not now, Bill. We're tired and upset. Let's get a good night's sleep and face the problem in the morning. Henry, you will sleep in the guest room with Bill. Good night, my men.
11: And this is what I dreamed about on that desert island. Come on, lover boy. So this is the guest room. My, my. Well, what's wrong with it? Well, it's gotten frillier since I was here. Used to be a room where a man could undress without feeling ashamed. (laughs) How about a pair of pajamas? Any of mine left around here? Nope. I gave all your stuff to a tramp. Hmm, And on you, it looks good. (laughs) Where do I sleep? There's the bed. You mean we've got to sleep in the same bed? Aren't these tears in my eyes telling you? (laughs) (laughs) I'm the guy who's got trouble. Last time I slept with you, I woke up black and blue. That's the night I dreamed I was taking chances on a punch board, remember? Yeah, this is quite a bed. No wonder you're so puny, Henry. You haven't been eating your grape nuts. Well, how do you know? You sneaked them upstairs and put them in this mattress.
7: <laughs>
11: Why don't you stop beefing? Was there a nice, comfortable bed on that desert island? Well, no, nothing but palm trees. Okay, so there's a chestnut tree in the yard. Go out and hang on your tail. <laughs> Who is it, a friend or another husband?
0: <laughs> Come in. I thought I'd see if you boys were all right.
11: Oh, I can't complain. Of course, I could use a pair of pajamas. The water on my knee has just turned into a popsicle.
0: <laughs> oh, poor Bill. Where are your pajamas, Henry? I won't tell. <laughs> now, I know they're in the second drawer. Go on, get a pair for Bill.
5: Oh, all
11: right. But they'll be much too big for you, White Dog. <laughs> you get it. Vicky, this is the first chance I've had to tell you how wonderful I am. I mean, how wonderful you are. <laughs> Look, forget about Henry. You'll have to forget about one of us anyhow. I hear they're going to start rationing husbands. Hey, what are you whispering about?
0: We weren't whispering.
11: No, I was just showing her where a barracuda bit me. (laughs) You mean where he bit your back. (laughs) Well, a fellow's got to eat.
0: Please, Bill, I don't want my husbands to quarrel. Give him the pajamas, Henry. Here, take them. Well, good night, boys. I just wanted to be sure you were all right.
11: Hey, wait a minute. I don't feel very good.
0: No? What's the matter?
11: Oh, deadly tropical fever. I've got it all through my body. Couldn't think of a better place for it. Put your hand on my head, Vicky.
0: All right. Why, well, it's not at all hot, Bill.
11: It will be. Just keep your hand there. <laughs> hey, you know, I, I, don't, I don't feel so good myself.
0: You don't? Stick out your tongue, dear.
11: Oh, that's no fun. You held his head.
0: You know, I don't believe either of you are a bit sick. Now go to sleep and we'll settle everything in the morning. Good night, boys. <laughs>
5: The second act of the Lady Esther Screen Guild play will follow in a moment. Now, a word from Lady Esther.
12: Once each year, you wake up in the morning and it's your birthday. A special day to be celebrated just for you. But did you ever stop to think that your skin has a birthday every day? Skin specialists will tell you that every day your skin gradually sheds part of its outside layer. And down underneath, a new, fresh skin is born. Isn't that remarkable? Your skin is always trying to make itself lovelier. But it needs your help, because it has an insidious enemy. A stubborn film caused by natural oils mixed with cosmetics and dirt. You can't see or feel the stubborn film, and ordinary cleansing methods fail to remove it. You think your skin is clean when it isn't. But there is a safe, sure way to get rid of that stubborn film, and here it is. Smooth on my unique Lady Esther for purpose face cream and wipe it off. Immediately, and this is so important, apply lady esther cream again and wipe it off the second cleansing with lady esther gets rid of that stubborn film now your skin is really clean and instantly you see the difference the clearer fresher younger look the new softness and smoothness give your skin this wonderful chance to grow lovelier every day remove that stubborn film every night my safe sure lady esther way
5: Lady Esther presents the second act of Too Many Husbands, starring Lucille Ball, Bob Hope, and Frank Sinatra. It is now the following morning. Bill and Vicky are at the breakfast table. Henry has not yet appeared.
0: Coffee, dear?
11: Thanks. Fine thing. My first night home and I sleep in the guest room.
0: How many lumps?
11: About eight. Where'd you get that mattress, anyway?
0: I wonder what's keeping Henry
11: Well, he's pretty tired He stayed up all night to watch me
0: Really? What for?
11: I walk in sleep <laughs> Pass me some more of that puffed rice, huh? Oh, Good morning How did you sleep, Angel? Great lover
4: <laughs> I'm talking to Vicky, Icky
0: Peter, you may bring in Mr. Lowndes' breakfast
4: now uh, Yes, madam uh, Good morning, Mr. Lowndes Here are your eggs, sir Shall I serve them? It looks silly hatching him. <laughs> put I him
11: think down, he can do kidding? it. You know that, don't you? <laughs> are you sure six eggs would be enough, old man? We can always put a couple of more chickens on the swing shift. Why don't you lay off? Why can't you let a guy enjoy a quiet breakfast with his wife? Don't forget that she's my wife,
4: too. Why, Peter. I'm frightfully sorry, ma'am. I, I guess I'm a bit old-fashioned.
0: Oh, you mean what Mr. Cardew just said.
4: Yes, madam. The <laughs> arrangement does sound rather uh, sophisticated.
0: Well, it really isn't, Peter. You see, Mr. Cardew is my first husband. Oh.
11: Yeah, he was supposed to have been drowned at sea, but wasn't, unfortunately. No, No, I wasn't. You see, I I had two months to go on my Pepsodent contract, and the the Lever brothers swam out and saved me.
4: Really?
0: You see, Peter, this is a very involved problem, and I'm afraid it's only the beginning.
4: Oh, madam, not a third one.
0: No, I haven't thought of that, but I can see how it could be habit-forming.
4: Well, I once knew a young woman who collected seashells, and it got a dreadful grip on her. Well, tell us more, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> Put yourself
11: together, Pete. The whole thing will be settled by tomorrow.
4: I hope so, sir. Either one of you gentlemen goes or I go.
11: Oh, stop acting like an old maid.
4: It's not that, sir. <laughs> I simply won't shine four shoes every morning. Everybody's got a union. Isn't I all? wait for i <laughs> the... <laughs> Thank you.
0: There, you see Thank you, Peter
7: <laughs> Even Peter is shocked
0: Even Peter is shocked Because I have one husband too many And we've got to do something about it
11: You're right, Vicky. I'll kill Henry this afternoon <laughs> Darling, you've got to choose between us And I'll help Bill pack
0: Oh, I didn't sleep a wink last night I just tossed in bed Thinking and thinking and thinking And finally I decided that Peter Yes? Rich, that I couldn't make up my mind Oh But the time has come <laughs> I must make a decision now. (laughs) Good.
11: Good, and I... I hope the loser will have the decency to join the... what you say? I said good, and I hope the loser will have the decency to join the Foreign Legion. Tell me, Bill, if you lose, will you join the Foreign Legion? Will I do what? Will you join the Foreign Legion? Well, I'll meet you halfway i go down to the library and read Bo Jest. <laughs> Stout fellow, aren't you? It's please, just the way this boys, suit fits. Stop please.
0: that. <laughs> now, just sit there, both of you, and don't say a word. Just let me look at you a little while.
11: Well, look at us, Vic. Uh... Vicky, darling, while you're deciding, I only want you to remember that I came to you in your darkest hour and gave you all the love in my heart. And I only want you to remember that. Honey. And that our life I... together... <laughs> and that our life together, if you choose me, will be as happy as it is in my power to make it I thank you <laughs> No, don't give him the Oscar yet Wait a minute Oh, Henry. oh what a speech Isn't that nice? Yeah. He did it up so well, didn't he? <laughs> Hello, Vic Henry What, honey?
0: Henry, you're what, so hen? sweet Oh, that's
11: hen, yes Yes, yes <laughs> Listen, Vicki, all I want you to... <laughs> it's a grand line. I don't know why I ignore it like that. All I want you to remember, Vicki, is our first hour together in the tunnel of love at Coney Island when you swam back. You were peachy.
7: <laughs>
0: oh, dear, this is so difficult. If only one of you were good-looking or intelligent, it would be much easier. <laughs> My
11: agent read this stuff. <laughs> intelligent eh? say william old man yes you don't happen to where'd know you how go to... oh.
7: <laughs> <laughs>
11: you don't happen to know how to <laughs> yes sir yes hen uh you don't happen to know how to spell pithecanthropus by any chance <laughs> can you say that on the radio <laughs> Pithocanthropus. I'll, re, I'll repeat it for you. Is that a California town? <laughs> Pithocanthropus, No, yes, Pithocanthropus. I, like I like the way you say it, too. Yeah, Pithocanthropus. <laughs> it is the missing awful link... Awful time to get lower plate wobble isn't it? <laughs> you know what it is, Let's don't go, you? let go, Bill. Just reach, reach for his razor blade. But what is it? What is you know, it? What's it's that? It's the missing link between man and ape. How do you spell it? C-R-O-S-B-Y. <laughs> <laughs> now, you see? You see, Vicky. With me, big words are everyday conversation. Yeah, well, with me, it's muscles Can you jump over the breakfast table? Huh? You heard me Can you jump over the breakfast table? What for? I can wait till the butter comes around to me (laughs) Yeah Well, I... I say you can't Not that it's anything to a man of my athletic prowess Well, if there were a reason for my jumping over the table I could do it, too Uh, watch this, you armchair athlete Give me a little room, Vicky. Here I go Remember me, I'm the one that jumped (laughs) We better get off the air Before the sound man destroys himself (laughs) Who left that tall spoon in the coffee cup? I don't believe you made it, old man
0: (laughs) Bill, Bill, darling, are
11: you hurt? Oh, my Yes, I am
0: (laughs) Hey What's that on the floor right there? Why, it's just some puffed rice, dear. Thank
11: goodness. I thought it was my teeth.
0: <laughs> Playing games, oh, this is hopeless. I can see right now I'll have to separate you two boys. That's the only way I'll ever come to a decision. It's like old times, isn't it, Bill?
7: Uh-huh.
0: Remember how we used to walk in this park together when I was married to yeah, you? Yeah,
11: this is what I get for going away and letting you fall into the clutches of a rat like Henry.
0: Oh, please, dear. You're talking about my husband.
11: What do you think I am, Uncle Remus? <laughs> it was hard enough on that awful island a whole year just thinking about you, remembering the way you used to kiss me.
0: Put your arm around me, Bill.
11: One night I dreamed we were getting married all over again. You had the same ribbon in your hair. You wore the same leopard-skin coat. I put my arms around you. I kissed you, and then I woke up.
0: Oh, poor Bill. And
11: the dream was so real, even after I woke up, I thought I was still kissing somebody in a leopard-skin coat. I was, too. A leopard.
0: Put your arm around me again. Kiss me. Oh, Bill, I haven't felt this way since you drowned. Will you quit calling me dead? I ain't dead. I'm just holding this
11: expression till they pay off my life insurance.
0: Now I know, Bill. It's you I love
11: Oh hooray Tonight we celebrate
0: Oh but one of us Will have to be brave And tell Henry
11: Well let me know What he says oh.
0: <laughs> Poor Henry Yeah
11: poor Henry Well at least He'll have the peanut bars We'll give him The whole goober business Just think 20, 20 million nuts to him Just think Why, darling? What are you doing here at the office? Don't tell me you're taking an interest in the candy business.
0: I, uh, uh, Henry, there's something I must tell you.
11: Say, I'm sure glad you. I feel, Vicky. Now, what did you want to tell me?
0: Only that I love you, Henry.
11: That's the way to talk. Tonight we celebrate. Tonight we tell the whole world.
0: Yes, darling.
11: Wait till Bill hears this. Ow! He'll cut off his curly hair and weave himself a new mattress.
0: Oh, poor
7: Bill. Yeah. <laughs> poor Bill.
11: Oh, thanks for the memory. Uh, just a second. What are, what are you, you doing, doing here? All right, one at a time. What are you doing here? I have a date with Vicky. You have a date with her. That's a pretty good. Kid, kid. Yes, sir. That's pretty good there, boy. I hope so. Oh, I get it. She hasn't told you yet, huh? <laughs> told me what? Well, Bill, Vicky decided this afternoon and we're going to get married. And you can either divorce her or die again, but this time you've got to do a better job. <laughs> look, am I crazy? Henry, this afternoon Vicky promised to marry me. Ma- Holy smoke, you too? Don't you see? She handed us both the same routine. Well, how do you like that? I'll be a... You always have been, old oh boy. Now, look, <laughs> what, what do we do now? She isn't worthy of either of us, Bill. You're right, Henry. After all, she's only a woman, isn't she? That's all. Why, there must be a million others just as attractive. Sure. A hundred million. You bet. What's she got that any other woman hasn't got? Nothing. Not a thing. That was fun. what do we play now? Bill, old man, we've got to stick together. Yes, sir. You're right, pal. What do you say she doesn't get either of us? It's a deal, Pod. When she comes in, we walk out. Together. Shake. I always wanted to see the Sahara Desert. Now I'll see it with you. Remember now, solid front, pal. You said it, pal. Uh, hello, Vicki.
0: Why, Bill. Oh, oh, and Henry. My both of you.
11: Yes, Vicki. Henry and I have talked things over. You've toyed with us, Vicky, like an octopus toys with a... Uh, what is an octopus toy with? <laughs> Another octopus. Yeah. <laughs>
0: You know he studied, hasn't he? (laughs) But I didn't mean to toy with you. (laughs) It's just that it's just that it's been so hard to choose.
11: Well, we've made the choice for you, darling. Henry and I are going to the Sahara. Goodbye, Vicky.
0: Wait, you can't do this, please. I'll decide. This way
11: to the Greyhound. This way here. Goodbye, Vicky.
0: No, come back, come back, please, come back.
11: Well, get a good night's sleep, Bill. We're taking a long trip tomorrow. See you in the morning. Good night, Henry. Hmm. Well, why not? Bill! Vicky, I had to come back. I had to see. Uh-oh. Hello, Bill. <laughs> I guess I beat you back from the Sahara Desert, huh? Well, hold your hats, folks. Here we go again.
2: And that was Lucille Ball, Bob Hope, and Frank Sinatra in the Screen Guild Theatre's version of Too Many Husbands, Lovely. Just time to find out who the hell that Hollywood legend was.
0: Was it uh, before
8: 1945? <laughs> Are
7: you Eve Arden? Eve Arden! Uh-huh. <laughs>
2: Yes, it was Eve Arden, our Miss Brooks herself, every gal's best pal in a metric ton of golden age movies and the principal of Rydell High in Greece. Did you get it? I'm sure you did, you are very clever. Remember, if you'd like more of these shows, there are over 150 bonus episodes now available at Patreon. You can also watch Spring in Park Lane and Piccadilly Incident, as they've now joined the Classic Movie Library. You'll get previews of new Secret History of Hollywood episodes, as well as access to all 11 complete series. You'll get your name in the credits, you'll get movie commentaries, you'll get exclusive access to three new series that are Patreon only. Queens of Cinema, dedicated to cinema's founding mothers. Memoirs in Minutes, mini-biographies of the best supporting players, and Small Tales, an anthology series of some of the finest short fiction from yesteryear. Plus, you'll also be helping to make these shows happen, and for that, I thank you very much indeed. Simply go on over to www.patreon.com slash attaboysecrets or click the link in the show notes of this episode. That is all from me for this outing, folks. Thank you for listening. Until next time, take the most marvellous care of yourselves and those you love. And bye for now. If you'd like to support this show, you can do so by going to www.attaboyclarence.com and clicking on the Patreon banner. Pledges start from as little as $1 a month, and in return you'll receive exclusive emails, bonus episodes, previews, and e-books, and every dollar pledged goes towards making these shows better and more frequent. Go to www.attaboyclarence.com or click the link in the show notes now to become
1: a patron. Thank you.